4: good morning it's 8 30 on wednesday march 18th i'm karen brown and this is mississippi edition on mpb think radio on today's show house lawmakers suspend the legislative session and food pantries and schools are stepping up to help those in need then after a southern remedy health minute get to college continues to help students as deadlines approach that's all coming up this is mississippi edition on mpb think radio Mississippi lawmakers are heading home after suspending the legislative session due to the coronavirus. Republican House Speaker Philip Gunn says after speaking with the state health officer Monday evening, they decided to suspend the legislative session because of the coronavirus pandemic.
3: In light of the president's statement that groups of 10 or more be avoided, Dr. Dobbs called us and said, we think it might be a good idea for the legislature to consider suspending business for a period of time.
4: The House also approved a measure authorizing local governments and school districts to provide leave with pay to employees. Democrat Minority Leader Robert Johnson of Natchez offered an amendment to provide unemployment benefits to service workers and others who don't have paid leave. Democrat John Hines of Greenville voiced his support of the amendment on the floor.
2: The backbone of this state starts with small businesses. How we keep the economy rolling is with small businesses. Everybody wish they could get a big Cooper tie in their district, but they can't. Some of us got businesses that got 10, 15, 20 workers, and they grind every day. Show up and show out. Some of us got Nissan. Some of us got Toyota. But most of us got beauty and barber shops, small automotive repair shops, auto body shops. We got them smaller businesses that get the job done. Some of us have insurance companies, four or five employees. I'm going to ask you to vote no against this one. We can fix this, and it only takes a little tweaking. But I'm going to say this and sit down. Conversation in this body rules the nation, and we ain't having enough conversation.
4: Democrat John Hines is from Greenville. House Management Chair Jason White defended the resolution without amendment, saying the House was not in the business of rushing through policy.
3: What I can say is we don't pass major policy to which you speak of in the form of 12 or 24 hours, especially facing the unknown that we face today. And there's no denying the unknown that is before us. That's why the resolution that's before you is reasonable. It calls for two weeks, but it even says we could come back sooner or we could come back later with a joint agreement between the speaker and the lieutenant governor. So I really don't know what you want. Yesterday you wanted to leave immediately. Today you want to stay and work on policy. Let's get, let's get real and quit politicizing something that really does affect Mississippians. We've done all we can do today. I'd urge you to support the resolution. Let's vote and move on. When the smoke clears a little bit, we'll be back here, and maybe cooler heads will prevail. I would urge you to support the resolution.
4: Republican Jason White is from West. The amendment failed and the resolution passed as written 82 to 38. Bill sponsor, Minority Leader Robert Johnson, tells our Desiree Frazier the failed amendment leaves him feeling incomplete.
5: Uh, my issue was that we're going home uh, and there are people who uh, work for small employers uh, who don't have paid sick leave. Or not just, we, We've taken care of some state employees and some county employees, but there are people in the private sector who won't have any coverage, don't have any way of making a living. And they don't qualify for unemployment insurance because they're not fired or they're not laid off. They're just not going to work because everything is... Shut down. And so I, my, my amendment offered an, a, a way for us to do something for those people, and the House voted not to do anything.
6: How does that make you feel?
5: It, it makes me feel incomplete, like there was work that we could have done before we left here and we didn't do it.
4: Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman says the federal government is providing monies for certain workers forced to remain home.
1: The federal government is taking over the payment of unemployment compensation benefits. They are also appropriating $1 billion. The workers' compensation so for on, on a working compensation basis for future use. So they are stepping into the breach here where we do not have to spend money. Um, as you well know, we don't print money in Mississippi. So we want to utilize the federal dollars as much as possible before we get here. And the people and our citizens should understand that we are exploring every conceivable a- avenue to assist people in this time of need. Where the federal government is going to step up, we will let them, of course, take first charge here. After that, we will look at other, uh, other avenues, and we have considered several different ones that we won't discuss today about things that the state may do in addition to this.
4: Hoseman also offers a message of hope for Mississippians as the state enters a period of uncertainty.
1: This uh, pandemic is most unusual to all of us, and I want to speak about the future for a second to all Mississippians. We're going to plant and harvest our food that feeds the world and feeds ourselves. We're going to continue to build the cars that will transport us. We're going to continue to build the ships that will protect and defend us. Our children are going to continue to go to school, and they're going to get educated. That's what's going to happen when we get through this. We will again join our friends and our neighbors at church, at social gatherings, at sporting events, at the things that we normally do as a society to make our lives fulfilled. Those are going to happen. Our lives will return to normal. They're going to return to normal when we get through this. These challenges are temporary, but our persistence is permanent, and we will survive this.
4: The bill to suspend the session will go to the Senate today, where Hosman says it will pass. The legislators are expected to return April 1st. Coming up, food pantries and schools are stepping up to help those in need. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
0: A contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think, "Eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere.
4: This is Mississippi Edition. I'm Karen Brown. As schools remain closed this week and supermarkets become increasingly difficult to keep stock of staple goods, food pantries, and school districts are stepping up to help those in need. Kathy Pope is the president and CEO of Mid-South Food Bank, which serves the Mississippi Delta. As she tells MPB's Alexandra Watts, requests are increasing due to circumstances related to coronavirus concerns.
7: Because our schools are out, now we have a need for more families Um to be able to feed their kids at home as opposed to at school. So there's, there's much more demand.
6: Um, would you say that some of the people that you serve, are they out of work right now? I know with a lot of restaurants and just other businesses closing.
7: Yes, there, there are going to be people that have had, they've been having their hours cut. They're out of work. Um, plus they have kids at home. Um, yes. So we are seeing that.
6: So are you expecting more people then in the coming weeks? Um, I know, as days go by, you know, more businesses are closing, more schools are closing yeah. for longer?
7: We are absolutely um, expecting the, the need to increase because of that. We are currently building 14-day boxes um, at, at our warehouse. We've ordered, as of last week, we ordered additional product to come in anticipating the need, and we're building those boxes. And As a matter of fact, the first load goes out to our agencies today. Um, And again, that's boxes that if you are quarantined at home for 14 days, that that would be able to supplement it. The box is about 25 pounds.
6: And do you ever see people, I know a lot of photos have gone viral of grocery stores just being pretty much empty. Do you ever have people who come to you who might try to go to their grocery store, but there's really nothing left?
7: Yes. We had people show up here at the the, uh, warehouse yesterday, as a matter of fact, that wanted wanted the 14-day boxes because they couldn't find any food Um, and of course we don't distribute food out of our warehouse but we do make sure that everybody has access to one of our partner agencies.
6: And if someone wants to support um, the Mid-South Food Bank or one of the partner agencies what can people do right now? Is it monetary donations? Is it donating what they may have? What's the best way to go about that?
7: The best is monetary, monetary donations. Online midsouthfoodbank.org because we can stretch a dollar farther than you can go shop. I, I want you know everybody to know the um, the the role of their food bank that serves their community. So we serve 31 counties and um, eight, 18 of them are in North Mississippi. Um, we are working very hard in the background to make sure that our partner agencies have the food that they need to serve those who are struggling in their community. Um, So we're not a front line like the police or the um, fire rescue, but we, um, we have a great responsibility to make sure that that food is flowing, and we are working very hard to make sure that we're doing that to feed our community. So we're prepared and not panicked.
4: Kathy Pope is the president and CEO of Mid-South Food Bank. At Richland Upper Elementary in the Jackson Metro area, administrators from Rankin County School District are handing out meals to families. The meals cover breakfast and lunch and are free to kids under 18. Lindsay Starbuck is the principal of Richland Upper Elementary. She tells our Kobe Vance the effort is to help provide a sense of normalcy for those families that depend on school meals.
8: We are feeding kiddos and adults in the area. Kids under 18 eat free, 18 and under eat free. Parents' meals are $3.50. So we are feeding our people because this has kind of sprung on all of us, and we want to make sure that we continue normalcy as much as possible here in the Rankin County School District. Not just for our kids in the Rankin County School District, but for any kids in Mississippi that want to come through the line.
9: Now, was it a big concern of yours whenever uh, you know students were forced to stay home?
8: Absolutely. Um, We value our kiddos' academic um, success, but we also value their social and emotional, their health and well-being. So when we don't get to see our kids every day, of course we worry about them. We worry about um, whether they eat breakfast and lunch and all those things. As a parent myself, I have to continue working. So I depend on the school system to um, make sure my kid has breakfast and lunch. So, of course, this puts all of of our parents, I'm sure, in some kind of – of worry. So this is just to take some of that worry off of those parents.
9: And uh, why do students need these lunches?
8: Well, we want to make sure that they stay healthy in a time like this with um, a virus going around, making sure that your body is has got all the nutrients it needs is, is our top priority. So that's what we're doing. We're trying to keep our kids happy and healthy.
9: Can you tell me a little bit about how y'all are delivering food to these people?
8: We are... We have a lunch line. We're here at school, so the kids, so the parents pull up to the um, front of the cafe. They ask, we ask them how many kids are in the vehicle and how many adults are in the vehicle, and then we serve them according to their need.
9: And do y'all just uh, to prevent like uh, contact? Y'all uh, open the doors or anything, or do you just hand the lunch to them?
8: No, we do not open the doors. Nobody comes inside our building. Everything is out here on the um, on the sidewalk in our car rider line. We all have gloves and masks and um, aprons on, so that we are keeping everybody healthy.
9: And then um, I guess lastly, what's what's some of your concerns about this process and then uh, going forward, you know, making sure students have the food they need?
8: Of course our concerns is how long this is going to last, um, making sure that we're organized so that we can meet everybody's needs, both um, as far as feeding them and meeting their academic needs. So, of course, just the, the how long this will last is my main concern and that we're able to keep this up.
4: Lindsay Starbuck is the principal of Richland Upper Elementary. Haley and her mother, Patricia Cheatwood, are from Pearl. They say they rely on the school meal program to help feed her family.
8: We don't have a lot of money and we I mean we struggle daily. So this is this is great.
9: When you heard about this, what was your reaction?
8: Um I was grateful. I mean this is Like I said, this is very, this helps me. I don't have to worry too much about, you know, the stores are completely out of almost everything. So having this as a backup is is good. When
9: it came to the school district doing this, do you think this is something that uh, you look forward to seeing more of in the future?
8: I do. I do. Definitely. With the scare of the coronavirus, I think this is very important. Uh, I'm grateful that they're looking after my
9: grandkids as long as, as, as well as all the other kids, and I think um I, I have nothing but respect for Rankin County. How many meals did y'all get today? Four. Four.
7: Gotcha. We okay. got four boys. Eight, seven, five, and three. Okay. And they're happy there. Nope. They're happy. They're, <laughs> happy. they're <laughs> won't to eat the it deal. now.
4: Kendra King of Richland, who has children enrolled in Rankin County Schools, says the meals help her family in a time of need.
8: It's really crazy. Like, ever since we found out about the coronavirus, everybody been going crazy. So it's, it's really, I'm really happy that they're doing this.
9: I see you've got two bags. What does that mean to you?
8: Uh, well, <laughs> it's a blessing to me, to be honest. Like I, I feel that the, stu- the school has been very supportive of us, as in people. Yes, uh, the school has been very supportive. I feel that um, the school is basically trying to help, I guess, with the situation as much as they can. So,
9: How is this going to help you out uh, as a mother?
8: As a mother, I feel I feel that I should be more supportive. But again, like I said, it helps me. I don't have no food in my house, so it helps me.
4: To stay current on the latest developments concerning the coronavirus in Mississippi, visit mpbonline.org slash coronavirus. On today's Southern Remedy, Dr. Jimmy Stewart will be discussing COVID-19, the disease caused by the novel coronavirus, and taking questions from listeners. Tune in at 11. Coming up, this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
0: I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of pediatrics and internal medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and this is a Southern Remedy Health Minute.
5: I spent a year as a teacher with a ceiling panel removed above my desk. Mm -hmm. At the end of the year, I was asked to cover everything in my classroom because they were going to do an asbestos removal Um, And one of those places was um, above my desk where that open panel was. So I'm wondering, you know, should I be concerned about exposure to asbestos?
0: So asbestos is used as a flame retardant. It's very lightweight, very durable uh, in a lot of different substances. Unfortunately, if it's aerosolized, like if there is dust if you're sanding it or if you're breaking apart the fa- the panels, as everybody who's ever looked at it or, or worked with it and seen pictures of it, you know that it's very fibrous. When that does fine dust particles, it's almost like little needles in the air. So if you breathe those in, they lodge in the airways and they stay there. And uh, particularly in people who smoke, that's the, the biggest risk of, of cancer. And there's a particular cancer that's more common with it and it's mesothelioma. It's a type of lung cancer in and around the tissues of the lung. Now it depends on where that asbestos came from. If it's in the ceiling or in the floor and you don't mess with it, most of the time you don't get any exposure. It's just in the demolition of that. Even if it's an open place, if you're not if it's not actively has something rubbing up against it to where you're aerosolizing that and breaking it off until you actually do the demolition, that's the point where the exposure happens. For more health tips and medical information, listen to Southern Remedy each weekday morning at 11 on MPB Think Radio.
5: On the next Fit to Eat, I'll be preparing brown rice cakes and shrimp etouffee with turnip greens. Our guest is Enrica Williams, owner of Fauna Food Works in Jackson. Registered dietitian Rebecca Turner has some tips on how to add fiber into your diet. And we'll take a trip to Delta Blue's Rice in Ruleville to see just how much work goes into every single grain of their rice. It's going to be a great show, so stay tuned.
0: Join Chef Rob Stinson, on Fit to Eat, every Saturday at 1, only on MPB TV.
4: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Even with schools closed, deadlines for financial assistance for current and incoming college students remain in place. Get to College, a division of the Woodward Hines Education Foundation, is continuing to assist students and families in meeting those deadlines. Stephen Brown joins us.
5: We are 100% still open for business. We are not, um, we're just not doing in-person appointments. Or, uh, or face-to-face outreach, but we're still 100% open virtually. So students can still call our phones. They can still reach us on our chat feature, on our website. We're even uh, doing ACT prep remotely. We actually recorded videos of our ACT workshop uh, that will be um, uploaded to our website and to YouTube that students can access from there. And they can even talk to us through Zoom if they want one-on-one uh, assistance. I so see. we're 100% still open.
4: I see, or I think that the ACT and the SAT tests have been postponed? Correct. So right. now they're in June rather than, would they be in April?
5: Right. The next ACT would have been April 4th, but now it'll be June 13th.
4: Do students work with you, uh, you said, for training, but do they have to sign up for testing through you?
5: No, so they wouldn't sign up through testing with us. They would sign up for testing through the ACT's website, ACT.org. They would still register in the same way. We just offer prep resources uh, as workshops and videos and practice tests and a bunch of handouts. Like, we have have all that stuff. Um, They would just still register for the actual test through ACT.
4: Are there any deadlines that you provide to students that they should be aware of?
5: Absolutely. So seniors and even students who are doing renewals who are already in college still need to complete the state grant application and the FAFSA to meet uh, the deadline for the HELP grant, the higher education legislative plan for needy students, and that deadline is March 31st. And just a quick background on what the HELP grant is, if students score at least a 20 on the ACT, they have at least a 2.5 GPA. They uh, meet all the curriculum requirements, have taken the right classes, and their parents meet in the certain income requirement. The help grant will pay their full tuition and fees all four years to any public institution in the state. If they want to go to a private school, it'll pay up to the tuition of the closest public school.
4: You said they have to have that application done by March 31st. Is that application available on your website?
5: That's the Mississippi Aid application and they can actually reach it at msfinancialaid.org. Or they can contact us directly, and we'll assist them in completing not only that application, but also the FAFSA, which is one of the requirements to receive that grant.
4: You said that students can reach you virtually now for help. How do they do that? What are the different avenues that they can work with you through that manner?
5: So the easiest and the quickest way for them to do that is to go to our website, which is org. G-E-T, the number two, college.org. They can go to that website, org, and we have a chat feature that's live on the website, and people are you know, um, monitoring that. They can still call our phone number, 601-321-5555, and they can still get in touch with someone. All those uh, calls will be routed to us. We can still respond to any questions. They can even send us an email at info at gettocollege.org, or they can honestly even email me if they have uh, ACT questions at sbrown at get And once again, we're going to be um, uploading a lot of materials, not only for the students but also for parents, for, um, for school administrators. If they are still communicating with students but need resource materials, we, can't, we have all that stuff available. So we're 100% still open for business.
4: Stephen Brown is the Assistant Director of Outreach for the Jackson Get to College Center. Thank you so much, Stephen.
5: Oh, yeah, no problem. Absolutely.
4: To stay current on the latest developments concerning the coronavirus in Mississippi, visit mpbonline.org slash coronavirus. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio.